All right. Man, so last week was this boom. It really was. Uh, look, I love National Rally. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love National Rally. I love the magnitude of it. I love the, as Vanna said, the buzz about it, the explosiveness about it. I love all those factors about it. But the thing that I love the most about it is what we celebrate. And the fact that we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that through his death, burial, and resurrection, God comes and cancels our debt. In fact, he writes us into our will, into his will, sorry. And he doesn't just call it even, but he actually gives us the opportunity to be called part of his family. And I think that's worth celebrating. I really believe that that is worth celebrating. We know that on the cross, Jesus, Jesus sets a standard for us to live by. He gave all of himself on the cross, and I believe that he asks that we give all of ourselves through the way that we live. And as Jesus hung on the cross, we can pick up our cross and follow him. Amen. So, that was last week. That was Easter. This week. As far as this week's concerned, you'll know that before Easter, we, we embarked on a 40-day on a fast. As a church, we embarked on a 40-day fast. Some did, some didn't. But we, we embarked on a 40-day fast. And, and the whole idea was to just take 40 days and, and, and cut out some of the distractions, really just hone in on God and His heart for our lives, and just really take some time and, and journey with Jesus. And that our hearts were that when Easter Friday comes, which was kind of our cutoff date for the fast, that only the fast would end, but that it would be more like a kickstart within our journey. That it would be a kickstart within finding a new rhythm in our relationship with God. So for those of you who did journey with us, who did go through the fast with us, I trust that that's exactly what happened. That the fast may have ended, but as far as the time that you've set aside, the, the, the way in which you've started to engage with God, that new rhythm that you've really just built in momentum and that it hasn't just fizzled out. Now the truth be told, whenever we, we take part in a fast, uh, especially a time like this of prayer and fasting, 40 days, it's quite a time. Isn't it true that, that, that with that comes a bit of an expectation? By, by the time the 40 days is over, we have an expectation. And I want to say, if we don't have an expectation, something might be wrong. Because there should be an expectation, isn't it? What's the expectation? We're, we're expecting some form of growth. Or we're expecting some form of breakthrough. That's what we're expecting. So in your case, it may have been that you were expecting breakthrough in, in health, whether it was physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, but you were expecting some form of, of breakthrough in, in health. Maybe that wasn't it. Maybe, maybe you were expecting a, a, or, or trusting for a, a breakthrough in your wealth, a job situation, a, a job offer, that, that, that an interview you'd gone for and you were hoping for some form of a breakthrough there. Or maybe it was a job that you were busy with and some stuff needed to happen and you were really trusting for breakthrough in that. 
Maybe uh, you have some outstanding debt and you were trusting that through this process, God would show you how to, to get rid of that outstanding debt. Or even better, someone came along, dumped a whole whack of cash in your lap and you could pay off your outstanding debt. Okay, so none of you have those thoughts. All right. Or that there was an outstanding debt owed to you and you're trusting for a breakthrough that that would be paid. Or maybe you were just trusting God just for new wisdom when it comes to working with your finances. Maybe that wasn't it. Maybe, maybe it, was, it was a breakthrough in happiness. Instead of just this general sense of, of a feeling of happiness that you would start to experience the reality of the joy of God in your life. Maybe that was it. Or maybe it was that you were trusting God for, for breakthrough in relationship. Maybe it's with a, with a wayward child or a wayward parent. Or maybe in a, in a, in a marriage. Um, maybe you were trusting for, for breakthrough within your marriage. Or maybe as, a spa, as spouses, as husband and wife, you got together and you went, you know what, we're looking for growth in our marriage. We're, we're going to take these 40 days and we're, we're really going to zone in on God and Lord as we come and we commit our lives and, and this marriage to you Lord Lord will you come and 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 take this relationship to a, a different space and if you've never done that I highly recommend it but maybe the breakthrough you were looking for was was in purpose for 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 clarity and direction or or for the future or just a, a, a sense of security when it comes to your health, your wealth, your happiness, your relationships, or your purpose. But at the end of the day, we're all trusting for some form of growth, some form of breakthrough at the end of all of this. Now, you may be in the category where you were like, I didn't, man, I didn't, I didn't fast. I didn't take part in it. Why? Because I've done it before and it didn't work. That's just my experience and, you know, it might not sound great, but that's just the truth. I've, I've tried it before and it just didn't work. And I hope that today we speak into that just a little for you. But at the end of the 40 days, essentially what we're looking for is a yes or a no. Isn't that the truth? Yes or no. Lord, I'm trusting for this. I'm desiring breakthrough in these areas, whatever. But, but at the end of the day, when the end of the 40 days come, we, we're trusting that by the time we hit that 40-day mark, that there was some form of a yes or some form of a no. And let's be honest, we love the yeses. We love it when the answer is yes. We get excited when the answer is yes. But I think if we're honest, we also know that sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is no. And we don't always understand why the answer is no. We don't always get the whole picture. But sometimes the answer is no. And I want to say this. When the answer is no, we'll know. When the answer is no, we'll know. And the, the, when it becomes blurry is when my emotions are involved. Because even though the answer has been no, I just ignore it and I keep trying i keep plotting on i keep going with the process why because i really want it to be a yes i know it's a no but i really want it to be a yes so i'm ignoring the no and i'm pushing for the yes it reminds me of my son my little guy i'll see him heading towards something that's pretty dangerous and i'll be like hey my boy uh-uh 
And it's like, I don't even get an acknowledgement. There's just like this, you know, it's like waves going over his head, but nothing's penetrating. It's just like, uh-uh, no boy. And he just, he just keeps going, he keeps going, keeps going. I do stop him when it gets dangerous, I promise. But yet that's how we behave with God so often, isn't it? He, he says no to something, but we ignore it and then we push on because we really want a yes. And probably one of the most scary portions of Scripture is where it says that after a while, God gives us the desire of our heart, even if it's at our own detriment because we wouldn't take no for an answer. And the end of that's destructive. And then we want to blame God. <laughs> But it was us pushing for that agenda. So when it is no, or when there's no breakthrough and when nothing's happening, I find that there's generally two conclusions that us as human beings get to. Conclusion number one is that God didn't hear me. God didn't hear me. And when it's God didn't hear me, that normally leads to God didn't care. And if we hang out there too long, then it normally leads to not even sure if God is real. The second conclusion is that God said no. But today I want to draw us into a, a third response that we very seldom acknowledge or connect with. And the third response is this. Wait. Wait, what are we saying? It's not a no, it's a not yet. Wait. But if you and I are honest, we hate waiting. Isn't that true? We absolutely hate waiting. Let's be honest. If we loved waiting, we would go to the licensing department every day. Fact. If we loved waiting, we'd go to home affairs just to hang out. But we don't love waiting. If we loved waiting, we'd go to the bank and just stand there. But we don't love waiting. Why go to the bank? There's an app for that. I don't have to go to the bank. Done. Why? Because we want everything to be instant. We want everything to be instant. Think about it. Our coffee's instant. Our popcorn's instant. Our TV series and movies are instant. Why do I have to watch ads? Heck no. I just stream it. No ads. Don't want to wait. It needs to be instant. Our food is even instant. Walk into fast food. Order, pay, get your food, walk out. That wasn't fast enough, so we built in a drive-thru. Why walk? Heck no. I'm going to drive through this thing. At most, I'll get off the motorcycle and put it in my top box. That's it. That's the most effort I'm putting into this. I want it to be instant. And that's it. That's, that's the world that we live in today. We don't like to wait. So if we look at a definition of, of, of wait, of, of waiting, here's a definition of, of wait. To look forward expectantly. To look forward expectantly. The second one is a little more confrontational. To stay in place 
in expectation of. To stay in place in expectation of. And when I say those words, I think some of us have caught on and, and some of us are already super uncomfortable. But here's the deal, to stay in place in expectation of. We don't want to stay in place. No, we, we, we want to step into God's place and assume control. If we're just honest, that's our natural default. Because in our estimation, waiting is wasting. When I'm waiting, I'm, I'm, the clock's ticking, brother. Hey, daylight's burning. Come on, let's get this done. And waiting is wasting. Let's be honest, man. <laughs> Why would I embrace the struggle when there's an app for that? Everything's instant. And yet, waiting is such an integral part of life for you and for me. And so necessary. In the book of Isaiah, the, the prophet Isaiah speaks to us and he, he says this in, in Isaiah 30 verse, verse 18. He says, so the Lord must wait for you. So the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. Here it shows us that God waits for us. Stop and think about it for a moment. How often don't we make God wait for us? How often is it a case of we're so busy with life that we don't spend time with Him, that we've not pressed in to just connect with His heart for us? And never mind connecting with His heart for us, just connecting with Him for who He is. No, He, he has to wait for us. And then when the yogurt has good and proper hit the fan, then we run to Him. And he's like, hey, I haven't gone anywhere. I'm right here, waiting for you. He carries on here. He says, for the Lord is a faithful God. And he faithfully waits. And he's faithfully there. And he ends off this verse with this. Blessed are those who wait for his Blessed are those who wait for his help. What's God saying to us through the prophet Isaiah? What he's saying to us is, I'm requiring an extra level of trust. I'm requiring an extra level of trust. Waiting requires an extra level of trust. What he's saying to us is, blessed are those who don't take matters into their own hands. Blessed are those who, who don't try and make a plan. Blessed are those who trust. Blessed are those who wait. Blessed are those who stay in place in expectation of. In the New Testament, we, we engage with the life of Jesus and we, we see him born from a virgin. He grows up. And around about the age of 30, he starts his ministry and uh, goes and calls a whole bunch of misfits. Hey, you, come follow me. Hey, you, come follow me. And not everyone followed, but there was a group of people who did. 
and they did life with Jesus for three years. And at the end of those three years of listening to his teaching and, 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 and engaging with him on a daily basis, we see at the end of those three years, Jesus gets crucified and the entire world falls apart. And three days later, Jesus is raised from the dead and their minds are blown again. And then over a period of about 40 days, Jesus reappears and disappears and reappears and disappears and reappears and disappears to them continually. And right at the end of all of this, it's a scripture we know so well, Matthew 28. He says to them, now go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then teach these new disciples to do everything that I've commanded you. And I will be with you always. And essentially what he's saying is, as I've taught you, I want you to go and teach and what do I want you to teach? To go and love God, love people, and teach them to love God and love people. And between this and, and, and Jesus ascending into heaven, we, we get this, this note in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, where Jesus essentially looks at his disciples and he says to them, I want you to go, I want you to go to Jerusalem, and I want you to go and wait. Here's what it says. Verse 4, it says, Wait for the gift my Father promised. Wait for the gift my Father promised. Now you and I today, on this side of history, we know that the, the, the gift that was promised was the Holy Spirit, was it not? He, he promised them the Holy Spirit. So the gift that they were going to receive was the Holy Spirit. But today, I, I hope that we don't miss the principle within what he's saying here. He says to them, go to Jerusalem, and then I want you to stay there, and I want you to wait. And as you wait, at the end of this waiting, there's this gift that I've promised you. And so often, folks, we bypass the gift because we're not willing to wait. Now put yourself in the shoes of the disciples. I can only imagine, you know, here Jesus says to them, okay, go and wait. They didn't say this, but I can well imagine that if it was any of us sitting here, very possibly the conversation would have gone a little different. We would have gone, whoa, 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 sorry, wait. Wait. You want us to wait. Like we've just waited 400 years for coming Messiah. We, we've, just, we've, just, we, we've just waited three years expecting that at the end of these three years we're going to rule and reign with you here on earth. And, and clearly that hasn't happened. You asking us to wait, but we waited three days after your crucifixion for your resurrection. And then we've, we've waited as for 40 days you've appeared and reappeared and appeared and reappeared. I kind of feel like our waiting is done. Like, how can you still ask me to wait a little more? But yet Jesus looks at them and he says, I want you to go and wait. And I believe that it's in these moments, folks, where we get so locked onto the gift and we completely miss the giver of the gift. 
And in this moment, I believe God is busy recalibrating our thinking. He's busy drawing our attention off the thing that we're waiting for and draws it right back to him, our source. You see, it was Mark Batterson who said this. He said, waiting is part of praying and praying is part of waiting. Waiting doesn't delay God's plans. Waiting accelerates God's plans. You may think that makes no sense, man. Waiting accelerates God's plans. How does that work? Well, think about it. When God's process is busy happening, and I, within my own self, may ayak, is that right? Figure this isn't happening fast enough. This isn't happening the way it should. So I'm going to go and I'm going to keep getting my hands into God's business and I'm going to organize stuff and I'm going to, I'm going to make a plan and, 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 and. And all along, all I'm doing is I'm getting my hands in the way of what God's doing. And all I'm doing is I'm delaying this process that if I just step back, if I just got my hands out of the mess and just let God be God and do God and, and do His process, then all of a sudden things would run the way that they should. But I'm getting my hands involved and I'm slowing down the process. And if we're honest, folks, there's many of us here today who've been slowing down the process for years. As we've tried to take control in certain areas of our lives and in the process, knowingly or unknowingly, excluding God. I think one of the best examples of that was Moses. You know, God says, hey, I want to I wanna bring freedom to my people from, from, from Egypt. Uh, and uh, Moses is like, hey, man, I'll fast track this. Kills an Israelite and all he does, uh, not an Israelite, an Egyptian is the word I'm looking for. He kills an Egyptian and, and we see from there instead of, I mean, he was raised in the house of Pharaoh. He was perfectly positioned for God to do incredible things, but he gets his hands in the cookie jar and ultimately delays the process by 40 years. God still uses him just 40 years later. You see, I think the thing that we so often miss is that in waiting, we grow. In waiting, we grow. And in waiting, we engage with His Holy Spirit. It's in waiting that God gets us ready for the gift that we've been praying for. Consider the first church. Here they go and they, they, they're not like us. They don't question all the waiting and they just go, yes, Lord, we will wait. Let's go. And they go to Jerusalem and, and in the book of Acts it says to us how they, they went and they waited. But they waited and they prayed. It says that they were, they were frequently found united in prayer while they waited. And as I, as I say those words, I just see God's process unfolding. I just see God's process busy churning in the hearts and the lives of these men and women. And then 10 days later, what happens? The Holy Spirit shows up and fulfills God's plan. Unfortunately, it's our instant mindset that dictates that we don't want to endure. Heck no. 
why would I want to endure? I just want to, I just want to skip over it. I just want to get past it. Let's be honest, folks. Look in our society today. Endurance isn't a big thing. We, we actually create places for people to go and endure stuff. Like an endurance race. You know, like go run stupid amounts of kilometers. Go do an Ironman or something like that. If you really want to endure, go endure there. You don't have to endure in life. We'll just create separate things for where we can go and endure. We'd rather, we'd rather get out than get through. Isn't that the truth? So often, we'd rather just get out than, than actually get through. But the more that I've walked with God, here's something that I've, that I've come to realize for my own life, and I don't believe it's just true for my own life. I believe it's true for your life as well, is that God is far less interested in my comfort than he is in my character. God is far more interested in my character than what he is in my comfort. I want to say this to you today. God is far more interested in your character than what he is in your comfort. See, writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 6, he said this. He said, he said, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold on to the hope that lies before us. Sounds quite a bit like waiting. Then he goes on to say this. He says, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. And here God is saying, I need you to trust me through this process. I am your hope. I'm that anchor for your soul. See, God is not just God on the other side of pain. God is God who walks with us through our pain. So what am I saying, man? More than changing our circumstances, God desires to change us. Do we get that? More than our circumstances, God is desiring to change us. Let's be honest, we, we, we desire for God to change our circumstances. And very often God changes our circumstances, but not before he's first changed us. That's my experience at least. More often than not, when I've been trusting God to change a circumstance, he says, no problem, I'll change it. You change and your circumstance will change. And here I believe is, 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 is where we maybe differ very much from God. I know we've differ on many levels, but I think here specifically, if you consider, we don't like the challenge. Come, let's be honest. We don't like the challenge. We don't like the struggle. We don't like having to work through these things. And, and for us, when we think of the process, like that's what we think. We think, man, I don't want to go through the process because I don't want the hurt. I don't want the stretching. I don't want, I don't want the strain. I just, there's none of this that sounds exciting to me in any shape or form. I'd rather have a nap. But God looks at it and he gets excited. And he's like, no, no, man. It's in the process is the good stuff. In the process is the good stuff. 
because it's in the process that I get to, to see you stretch. I, I, it's, it's in the process that I get to see you grow. It's in the process that, that I get to strengthen you. It's in the process that I get to show you more of my character. It's in the process that you get to, to see who God really is. And it's in the process that I get to build into you exactly what you need for what's to come. In the process is the good stuff. And I believe that, that God looks at you and me and, and, and says, please don't wish the process away. Please don't bypass the process. Please don't, don't skip the waiting. Because it's in the waiting that I do work that I can't do anywhere else. We like to treat waiting as a moment in the process. Whereas for God, the process happens in the waiting. If you had to ask me, what, Ramon, what, what do you think is, is one of the biggest challenges that the, that the church globally faces today? Honestly, I would say a lack of godly maturity. A lack of godly maturity. Uh, I think that in all honesty, we have people who stand behind some of these who haven't allowed the process to be worked in their lives. Uh, I believe that we've got people walking around wearing Christian or speaking Christian or whatever the case may be, but there's very little of Christ evident in our lives. And, and it all comes down to the fact that we're not willing to go through the process. We're not willing to go through that maturing. We want it instantly. We want instant faith. But we never want to be challenged in a way where faith will be required. We, 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 want, to, we, we, we want love. But we never want to find ourselves in a space where we desperately need to love. We want to be found in, in, a, in a place where, of, of trust. But we never want to be put through the tests that we, somewhere along the line, need to look at God and say, hey, I trust you. And as a result, we, we have a body of believers who don't believe and followers who don't follow because there's no maturity. And I know that this might sound like a hard word this morning, but that's not my heart at all, folks. My heart is that we will acknowledge that we find God. We really find God in His process. So, remember right in the beginning, I, I gave that definition of weight, and it's going to pop up on the board there again for us. Uh, to stay in place in expectation of. And then I went on to say that we don't want to stay in our place. Ultimately, we just want to assume God's place and assume control. And in our estimation, waiting is wasting. But, but here's, I want to finish that thought. In God's estimation, waiting is developing and maturing to the point where our character can sustain what God has in store for us.
You see, God will never take you where your character can't sustain you. God will never take you where your character can't sustain you. If you feel like the answer has been no, if you feel, if you, if you felt like there's been this lull, this delay in an answer, it's very possible that God is still working his process in your life, busy preparing you, preparing your character so that it can sustain you for the day that you reach completion where he says, okay, my son, my daughter, you're now in a space where I can use you here. You're ready. You're mature to go and do this. That's fantastic, Ramon. What do I do now? How do we practically tackle this for our lives? Well, I believe with all my heart that what we need to do in these moments is we need to, we need to give back the dream. We need to give the dream back to God. We need to give the desire back to God. We need to give the need back to God. Whatever it may be in your life that you've been trusting for, we need to give this thing back to God. How do I do that? Well, through surrender, through trust, and through making a choice. Surrender, trust, and choose. I need to surrender my timeline you see, we've all got a timeline in our minds. This thing should have happened by. Or I've got an X on my calendar and I'm trusting and I'm praying. And Lord, it's going to happen on this date. Maybe it's time to surrender that timeline. Maybe it's time to say, Lord, this timeline, I, I, I take my timeline and I surrender it to you. And I want to connect with your timeline for my life. When it comes to trust, what we're really saying is, Trust God and His process. Trust God and His process. And then thirdly, is choose. Choose to wait. Choose to wait. Choose to stay in place, in expectation of God working on your behalf, knowing that he is willing. So this morning, I don't, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what category you fell in during this time. Um, I don't know if what, what God has been just speaking to your heart about this morning. But maybe this morning, that's just you. Maybe this morning, you're just in a space where you're saying, you know, it's true, man. I need to give this dream back to God. I need to give this desire. I need to give this need back to God because things haven't worked out the way that I've expected them to. And if I'm honest, I've been disillusioned. I've, I've struggled with this. I really have struggled with this, but I've not embraced the process. I, I, I recognize that, that right now God is saying to me, hey, my boy, hey, my girl. Come, wait. Come and wait. Come and stay in place in expectation of the fact that I'm going to work on your behalf. And today you recognize that, hey, I need to surrender. I need to surrender this timeline. Right now I need to surrender... Uh, 
my thinking around how long this should take. Right now, I need to trust God and His process, and I need to choose to wait. And this morning, if, if that's you, I'm not going to call you forward, but I'd like to pray for you. I really would like to pray for you. So I'm going to ask if, if, if that's you this morning, right there in your seat, to just stand to your feet. And, and I'd love to just pray for you specifically. Right there, as you, we can, the worship team's welcome to come back. If this is you this morning, you're just saying, Lord, I need to surrender my timeline. Lord, I need to trust you and your process. And Lord, I choose to wait. Amen. Amen. And right there as you standing, and if you haven't stood yet and you feel like it's time to stand, please do so. But We're going to pray together. And you're going to see a prayer come up on the board there. And it just says this. It says, Lord, I surrender my timeline to you. I trust you in your process as I choose to wait on you. I choose to stay in place in expectation of you working on my behalf. And that's, that's really just the prayer that we're going to be praying together this morning. Father God, I thank you for your people, Lord who you love so much, Father. Lord, who've this morning just heard from your heart, Lord, connected with your heart, and, and Lord, where your Holy Spirit has just prompted them in certain areas, and I don't know what those areas are, Lord. But Father God, I thank you that you are busy doing work in people's lives right now, Lord. Lord, I thank you that this morning we can acknowledge you as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Lord, that... Um, that even when we think things should work a certain way, Lord, that we can put our full trust in you, knowing that your plans are perfect, Lord. So, Father God, as folks stand this morning and, and recognize that, that they need to surrender, they need to trust, and they need to choose, then, Lord, this morning, I just want to pray this prayer over them. To just say, Lord, I surrender my timeline to you. I trust you and your process as I choose to wait on you. I choose to stay in place in expectation of you working on my behalf. And Lord, I thank you that it's you who brings the breakthrough. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you very much for being with us this morning. If you need to chat to someone, please feel free. We're going to be up front here after the service. We'd love to chat with you. We'd love to connect with you. Um, beyond that, grab a jersey. Have a wonderful Sunday. In fact, grab a cup of coffee, grab some warm friendships and, and, and visits this afternoon. And um, yeah, we love you guys so much, man. We really, really do. And look forward to seeing you again next week. Beyond that, have a wonderful week and go out there and be a, an excellent representation of Jesus. Amen.